Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Expert Answers from Inside Scientific. Inside Scientific is the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today, we are joined by Julie Gill and Matt Croxall. Julie is a product manager at Lafayette Instruments. Matt is a neuroscience product and technical specialist at Lafayette Instruments. They're here to speak what methodology and best practices of Bussy Succeeda touchscreen systems used for the cognitive evaluation of rodents. Let's jump in. Julie, I'll start uh, by asking you this question from uh, Yuichi at Harvard University. And the question is, how do you compare the speed of training for your five CSRT task to the same task implemented in a traditional nose poke setup? And part two is, is nose poking the touchscreen as intuitive to mice as the traditional nose poking? The response on the touchscreen is very, very similar to training to, to nose pokes. So it's neither quicker nor, nor shorter. And I think that's probably because it's very, to the mouse, it's very similar to nose poking. By putting these masks in front of the screen and having this infrared, very, very sensitive infrared technology, the animals really only have to kind of nose poke into the area provided by the, the mask. And so from that point of view, the, the nose poking and the, so the tra training basically and the touchscreen is very similar to that in the nose poking boxes. Okay, fantastic. And actually, that's a great answer. And, and maybe this will segue into another question, perhaps for you, Matt. Maria has asked, she's just asked for you to elaborate on how the touch is actually detected by the infrared sensors. Can you just elaborate sure. on that a little bit more? Absolutely. The IR touchscreens themselves have kind of an infrared matrix over the top of the screen. So they have a number of beams in the X and Y direction, similar to kind of how old open field frames detected where the animal was located in the XY coordinate system. However, with the IR technology, over the years they've advanced that, so your resolution in terms of where the touch is isn't just the number of beams in the X and Y directions. Via triangulation of looking at the reflection and absorption of the IR beams along each path and pulsing them in a sequence, they can actually give a very, very fine resolution of where the touch is. So that's sort of how the technology works. There's a very thin bezel right above the glass of the monitor which contains all these beams. That's a very important cleaning area that needs to be kept very, very clean. But really, we only see the bottom bezel area get a lot of dust and dander while running these chambers. Perfect. And just for clarification, so really all the, the, the rodent needs to do is get their nose within, say, a millimeter or something like that of the screen, and you know it's, it's registered as a touch. That's correct. Okay. Julie, question for you from Nick at also at Harvard. He's asking if there's a task for compulsion, for example, like the DRL72 test. Um, I'm not familiar with that test off the top of my head, but for the task for compulsion, we've got the extinction task. So we can see you train them to respond and then see if they stop responding when uh, they if you no longer give them reward. And also the, the CPT task that I was talking about where we're flashing images in front of them and they have to actually withhold a response to four or five of those images. 
So that, that means controlling that sort of compulsory okay. element quite finely. Perfect. Okay, another question about, um, let's see here. So I'm just sifting through. We've uh, had this question a couple times here now and uh, used from um, the Rutgers Brain Health Institute in New Jersey has asked if we can train the rats to hold a screen touch for you know several seconds before releasing the screen touch. Can either of you comment on that? I think you, you've, you've got some experience with that, haven't you, Matt? Uh, yeah, we've had a number of customers who have added that requirement to their tasks for specific experiments where they've required the animal to dwell, just like in an Oaks poke, for a, a certain duration. And the software does detect the onset of the touch and the touch up event or the release of the touch. In the schedule, you could clearly put in a requirement for the animal to make the initial touch and then stay there or dwell for a you know a variable amount of time before they have to release. So that okay. is certainly doable. Perfect. And maybe this leads into the next question too about you know the, the pre programmed or canned tasks versus one that one can program for themselves. So I assume that the canned tasks can be modified for difficulty level, for example. Yeah, absolutely. The the whole thing is open and because it's quite a user-friendly programming way of doing things, it's quite easy to go in there and change things. But we also provide training as well. So um, people can come to us for additional training on how to program the system if if they want sort of a fast track rather than reading through the manual. And many of these pre-canned tasks come with some common manipulations to increase or decrease difficulty of the task. Yeah, a lot of those can be changed just at the execution manager stage as well. So you can change them just prior to running the task as well as going in and changing the, the, them in the task itself. Okay, perfect. Um, moving along, quite a few people have asked about um, you know, the age range of mice, for example, that can be used with a system like this. Can either or both of you comment? Is there a minimum, maximum? I'm not sure of actual sizes, but I know that quite young animals have been used and they, certain studies have looked at aging mice and rats as well. So I don't have that data off the top of my head, but I believe it is there in the literature. Okay. And we can certainly send out bibliographies to everybody. Perfect. And actually then, Julie, on that note, see here, I'm just trying to find this question. You had presented a couple of slides with all the neuro neuronal targets and the different tests and what they test, you know, which deficits. Uh, Lorenzo was asked if you could provide references for those particular tests. I assume you have something like that available. Yes, we, we, they, yeah, we, ha we have our bibliography. We can certainly send that on to, to, to all the registrants and that, that data just came straight out of the, of the bibliography. Perfect. All right, let's see, maybe we will ask one more question and then, like, as we've said before, we will make sure that all these questions are answered through our Q&A report and, and you will also be contacted with answers to your questions. So let's see here, are there any sort of specific use and care instructions when it comes to either cleaning or also, you know, avoiding damage uh, to the equipment by the animal itself? Can either of you talk about that? Certainly. The cleaning, most the components come apart, and so it's built in a modular fashion to make it as easy to clean as possible. Most components are going to be either stainless steel or polycarbonate, so 
anything less than a 70% ethanol solution will be just fine. We have plenty of other labs that use kind of a, like a Virox or a, a non-alcohol-based cleaner. And the touchscreen itself is glass, so it's very difficult to even to harm that. And the animals really don't abuse much of the equipment. They'll obviously chew in certain areas if you leave them in there or don't feed them. But uh, there's not really too much abuse that the chambers themselves will take from the animals. It's usually due to uh, low cleaning frequency that, that you see uh, a bit buildup of, of foreign material on the chambers and maybe cause an IR beam or two not to work. So that's typically the source of any sort of issues with the equipment is, is just a low, low cleaning frequency. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you will tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. For the full webinar, please see the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.